This is Dr. Charles Parker, and you're listening to Core Brain Journal. It's the place where I connect both fresh discoveries and interesting different perspectives from advanced mind science with the realities of real people and everyday life down on Main Street. Well, welcome aboard, folks. Here we are one more time at Core Brain Journal, Dr. Charles Parker, and we have the privilege of having another really deep, interesting guest today. And it's Deanna Minnick from the West Coast. Deanna, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Dr. Parker. It's wonderful to be here with you and uh, your wonderful audience. I should have said Dr. Deanna Minnick. It really gives her a different level of credibility. I was talking to her casually, and I think she has some very, I know she does, some very interesting things. It's a variety. It's going to be really hard to do this in around 45 minutes because she's got so many interesting things that she's uh, bringing to the table. I'm going to do a brief intro, and then we're going to go in and get right into the conversation. So Dr. Minnick is a health educator and author with more than 20 years of experience in nutrition, mind-body health, and functional medicine. Dr. Minnick holds a master's and doctorate degrees in nutrition, has lectured extensively through the world on health topics, including teaching both patients and health professionals. She is a fellow of the American College of Nutrition, a certified nutrition specialist, and a certified functional medicine practitioner. Currently, Dr. Minnick teaches for the Institute of Functional Medicine. This is a very prestigious, those of you who don't know about the Institute of Functional Medicine, it is the most prestigious functional medicine organization in the globe, and she teaches a special class there in the graduate program in functional medicine at the University of Western States. Her passion is bringing forth a colorful, whole self approach to nutrition and nourishment called Whole Detox. And it bridges the gaps between science, soul, and art in medicine. We're going to talk about spirituality as it winds through this entire conversation. Her most recent book is called The Rainbow Diet, a holistic approach to radiant health through foods and supplements. And she'll have it at her website as well. So her website is Dr. Deanna Minick, M-I-N-I-C-H.com. We'll talk more about that when we close. So Deanna, wow, that you have some terrific credentials. I mean, when you really think it, you know, it's not so much the credentials, but you know, for you to do that, you've had wonderful, extensive experiences with people who, like many of our audience, including myself, just didn't know when they got started. I didn't know for a long time either. You know, it's, it's so great to have all these teachers to mentor us. And, you know, we're really a part of a collective, a web of people that have such a big heart and strong mission to really change medicine. So good. Let's start with how you made the transformation. What brought you into the field? What was the transformational moment for you? <laughs> it was my mother. My mother, it was my upbringing. I grew up in the 1970s when it really wasn't popular to be into health or nutrition. And there were just some fringe people doing it like Adele Davis and Richard Simmons. And my mom was on the bleeding edge rather than the leading edge, probably. (laughs) You know, it was kind of like, it was very granola. It wasn't even like a cool hippie thing. It was just a, um, she got into her food and her faith. It's like the two F's. And that happened because she was pregnant with my brother at the time. She started to really wake up to her own body and this new life growing within her. And it 
totally turned my life topsy-turvy. And I was about eight or nine at the time that she was going through this. And for me, it was like, what has just happened? I can no longer have sugar. I can't have chocolate. There's kind of a, a disconnect for me, even with my lunches, what I'm now bringing to school versus what I was bringing to school. And now I, I feel different. So I would say for me, that was like the first catalyst of just knowing about anything health related. And I rejected all of it as a young person and wanting to really meld into my social communities and networks. It was like, the last thing I wanted to be thinking about was all this business around health and nutrition. It's like, I just wanted my Oreos. I wanted my Kit Kats. I wanted my Snickers bars. I didn't want all of this other junk that my mom was making, which at the time she was, you know, again, very um, pioneering. So what happened for me was um, I developed some chronic health conditions. I had endometriosis. I had a lot of reproductive issues, which were very tightly connected into a lot of gut issues that I had as a teenager. And I had no idea that it wasn't normal to be debilitated in bed for like a week every month because of really? my- Oh God. Yeah. I mean, it was bad. I mean, I would, I would vomit. I had incredible cramps. And now I look back like, wow, all that sugar. I didn't have proper levels of omega-3s. My body was inflamed. I had acne. You know, I just look at it now with different eyes. And so mm. I kind of feel like everybody has a journey in life. We're here to uncover and discover certain things about ourselves. And as I got older, thought I would study allopathic medicine. I was pre-med rejected all of the nutrition stuff from my mom. I was getting a subscription to JAMA when I was 18 years old. I was like so hardcore science. And then I had this epiphany. Then my first epiphany happened with, I can't go to medical school. This is not the path. This is not the way. And that came from working for a number of different physicians during the time that I was in school. Like every summer I would be working, whether it was for a cardiologist, an ophthalmologist, I worked for an optometrist. I was uh, volunteering at the hospital. Like I immersed myself as much as possible. Like I had such a love of medicine. I just wanted to be in it. But then I had this wake up call of, no, this is all or nothing. And I am an all or nothing person. And I cannot be all into something that I don't feel all about. So I couldn't believe it, but I decided to go and study nutritional biochemistry. I went on to graduate school. I went on for my PhD, all in nutrition. And it's kind of ironic because I never thought, based on my youth <laughs> and my rejection of my mother's early indoctrination that I would ever go this route. But you know what? It wasn't just food for me. And I want to clarify that for everybody because, you know, I think we hear a lot about how food is medicine food is healing. And I agree with all of that. But you know what? With a lot of my chronic health conditions that continued on into my 20s and 30s, nutrition only helped me so much. There was a ceiling for me with nutrition. And I felt like I've got to start doing some other things too. Like I'm improving, but I'm not 100%. So where's my blind spot? What do I have to do? And that led me down the path of looking at other things. And I would call the bucket of those other things Maybe we call it on the medical side, we say lifestyle medicine. Maybe we also call it personal growth. Maybe we call it, you know, it's everything that's not food, but it's healing. So I kind of had to have like this palette, like an artist's palette of all these colors. I needed many things to really get into the, the pathways of healing and to really work with, with my conditions that I had going on. And it worked. 
let me just cut the whole story for everybody and just say it worked. I resolved all of those things. My endometriosis literally went away. I had a blocked fallopian tube that was filled with fluid that literally went away. My uh, gut issues went away. My skin, I get compliments on my skin now. It's so funny because it's like, if they only knew the issues that I dealt with, my very sensitive skin. And it's all related. All those three things I just mentioned from a functional medicine standpoint, it all makes sense. If I would have worked on my gut, I would have worked on my hormones. I would have worked on my reproductive tract and my monthly cycling. I would have been working on my skin because the gut and the skin are cut from the same cloth of tissue. So it's like, knowing what I know now. And thank goodness that I've had such amazing teachers. I mean, I give all credit to them. I give all credit to my mom, everybody along the way, every patient I've ever seen, every class I've ever taken. I mean, it's truly remarkable to look at the tapestry of our lives and really reflect back as well as reflect forward into, wow, what are the, (laughs) you know, kind of looking at it all. So it's really great. So interesting. You know, I was really interested here, the experience that you had with the functional medicine, because First of all, a person like yourself to have such a transformational moment, you must have had somebody there beyond just your mother who was really saying, here are some other things you need to do. Did you have a physician? Did you have a nutritionist? What was the personal connection that put you down that, those changes that you needed to take? I'm going to give you an intuitive response to that. I actually haven't... Um... That's not like something that I think about because it's like a wider net, but I'm going to give you a couple of people that come to mind right now. In addition to my mom, I would say I took a yoga class when I was 19. That woman, that yoga class changed the direction of my life in terms of broadening my perspective. You know, I grew up Catholic and in a very sheltered, cloistered environment of thinking about life. And when I started taking yoga, I started taking philosophy at college. I started taking world religions. And I also started to travel as a young adult. And I think that that really broadened me. But that yoga class, I'll never forget that class. I think it was a Tuesday night. That woman, she was in her 70s, perhaps. And she was the most flexible, graceful, beautiful presence. So she impacted me. There's another person that impacted me, Miss McCrickard in sixth grade. You know, I remember her having small stations and really exposing us to socio-cultural things and really getting us to think beyond the scope of like the little neighborhoods that we were living in. I also had Jeff Bland, who you and I spoke about. He was one of my mentors in functional medicine. I didn't, you know, it's funny because I didn't even know who Jeff Bland was. I just started using some supplement products. I was in private practice at the time, working with a chiropractor and a psychiatrist. I was in Minnesota, I was working in this small practice, and I was introduced to these dietary supplements from Metagenics. And so I started using those products with people and seeing great results. And I started using a lot of them myself. And then my my sales rep at the time, Greg Peterson, says to me, Deanna, do you want to go to this, this seminar? it's Dr. Bland and you got to see Dr. Bland. And I said, okay, you know, whatever. And so I, I went to the seminar and was like, oh my gosh, he's pretty amazing. And I want to go work with him. And for those of you who are listening, who don't know who Dr. Bland is, he is the father of functional medicine, so to speak. That's what we call him. And in a very endearing way, you know, now I call him a friend and a mentor and a colleague, but truly he's the guy that had the vision of How do we synchronize all these things and start looking at root cause medicine, individual biochemistry, looking at the antecedents, triggers, and mediators that fuel all of these conditions? And so Jeff is an incredible synthesizer of knowledge, and he also has a big heart. So I went to go work with Jeff. He was another one of the most amazing teachers in my life. 
And, you know, another person, I'll just mention this last one. There are many, but let me just give you one more. And that's on more of the spiritual side, more of the personal growth side. I had read at the time I was going through lots of crises, some books by Carolyn Mace. And M- Mace is spelled M-Y-S-S. Carolyn Mace is a, um, she's a medical intuitive. And she wrote, the book that influenced me the most was Anatomy of the Spirit. So I read this book in the the late 90s and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I love this. She's weaving together medicine with spirituality, all these religious traditions, and she's Catholic and she's from Chicago, just like me. So (laughs) I really connect to her. So she's very no nonsense, you know, that Chicago kind of tell it like it is, but be polite and be Midwest. And, you know, she's Mm -hmm. some of that. And so um, I really resonated with her work and that kind of took me into a whole different way of thinking. She and Jeff opened up my mind to an integrated whole of thinking rather than just being that narrow scientist that I had been taught to be as a result of school. Well, you know, your uh, rep really helped you out a great deal because I had the opportunity, I listened to Jeff Bland myself and I was involved with the Institute of Functional Medicine for a long time. And he is, he's so humble. I mean, He's so articulate, so bright. He's so aware of all the research that's done. So he's not, he's not dancing around with maybe this or maybe that. He's like, hey, this is what this paper said in 58. And this was an elaboration on it in 62 with Dr. He can just quote them all. And then he's a humble guy on top of it. He is not pretentious under any stretch of the imagination. He's just so pleasant and such a warm human being, as you said so well. And he's an inspiration to anybody that's been in any kind of uh, contact with him. For you to spend so much time with him was, must have been just fantastic. Well, you had mentioned something along the lines that it was like an honor. What a privilege to be able. Yeah. I mean, I kind of felt like that all the time. Like, should I be paying you, Jeff, to be working with you or you're paying me? That's kind of yeah, that. Wow. <laughs> I kind of feel like, uh, you know how we all have teachers on our path. I mean, you asking me that question really gets me to think about all those people that really punctuated my life with these very pivotal teachings that actually kind of turned me around and maybe even changed the course of my life. And he was one of them. I mean, to this day, he lives 45 minutes away from me and I see him every now and then. And He's still that gracious guy, and he can be wearing a casual Hawaiian shirt and sitting with you talking the most sophisticated scientific language with a big open heart. And he can be wearing a suit, you know, just kind of, you know, in his lecture mode, but you still feel the heart, you feel the presence, you feel the emotional intelligence. And I think that that's why he's created the impact because, you know, life is not all science. Science Mm -hmm. is is a tool. And what really gets people to connect is that heart connection. And when we have that sense of, emotion and feeling. I mean, emotional well-being is, I think, a huge part of our health that I don't think many people look at deeply enough. You know, we talk about gut health and heal the gut, you know, start with the gut and we get into the the five-hour program and we start thinking all the functional medicine steps with supplements and food. One of the things we leave out is that the gut is a huge place of feeling. It's a huge repository of nerve endings and it's our immune system, our sense of boundaries. And when we feel emotional, oftentimes we get the butterflies in the stomach or we feel the rumbling in, in our gut and we feel kind of like, ooh, something's not right here. Mm-hmm. So I really do think that the mental, emotional, spiritual aspects need to be woven right in there with the physical, just right on par. It's just that very few practitioners know how to really just take it in in one fell swoop, just 
bring all of it together. You know, oftentimes we have specialists that just focus in one, but I really do like to see the whole picture as much as I can. Well, you know, I'm so interested. I got two questions just listening to you. So much fun because you're so articulate. I just love your language skills. You just, you crisp it up. It's like fresh. And crisp. I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> so the issue would be, I mean, there are two questions I really want to ask and you can approach them however you want to, but I think the first one is, more on the scientific side. I think people associate functional medicine with kind of a voodoo. It's like something over there. It's not real or it's woo-woo or voodoo or whatever. And I think it's so important to really emphasize the science in an appropriate way. And then I'm looking forward in the second question to hearing you talk about, if you will, and obviously you don't have to wait for me to interrupt and ask you the question, but I think they flow together. The next one would be, how did the spirituality in that relationship with the book or Carolyn herself in the anatomy of the spirit, how did that then complement what you were doing from the scientific view with Dr. Bland? Because what you're doing is you're teasing apart a complexity of interesting things. And I think our listeners would say, well, how do they actually, how could they possibly be connected? So that's throw that open. That's a big, big question, but start wherever you want to. Well, you mentioned you like my language of things. I love your questioning of things because each of these questions are like portals into a huge dimension. So I'll have to whittle it down to what's, yeah. what's doable for a 35-minute call. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's talk about your first question that some people think that functional medicine seems voodoo, that it's foreign. You know, sometimes I think it is about the language. You know, what is functional medicine. It's the ability to get the body back into that place of function. And that term, I would even say it's almost like what we've done, what Jeff has done is he has taken traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, which is East Indian. I mean, these systems of medicine are thousands of years old. And I think Jeff has actually created a modernized version of looking at a couple of concepts that are key to functional medicine. First and foremost, personalization, that there's not just like one approach for everybody with one condition. And that's that's one of the biggest tenets of functional medicine, the individual biochemistry, as we call it. The second thing that traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, a lot of traditional medicines look at is what's the root cause? It's, you think about the tree, a tree, and I'm seeing a tree right in front of me right now. I live in a forest, so the tree is always one of my metaphors. So if we are like trees where we have roots, we have a trunk, we have a torso, and then we have our expansion of our arms going out in our kind of our mental emotional space, we're always receiving from the environment. Root cause medicine is looking down there in the roots, literally. Kind of like, why does this person have endometriosis? Why do they have chronic fatigue? Why do they have dementia? What is the root? Rather than just treat it and look at the leaves and what's out there and apparent, what is deeper and goes into things that we're exposed to? And that can be so many different things. And that kind of takes us into the second question. So let me just recap by saying that Functional medicine, this is more, I think people are starting to warm up to the terminology. It's nothing foreign. It's nothing voodoo. It's really actually just taking some good practices of medicine and contextualizing them into a framework so that people can work with it better. So in functional medicine, we have a matrix. The matrix looks at all the metabolic nodes of a person, all the different systems. It looks at their lifestyle. It looks at their food, their relationships. It looks at the antecedents, their genes that were there. It kind of looks at everything all in one big snapshot 
to give the practitioner a good sense of what's going on at the root. And then there's a timeline. Often when we get something, there's a trigger. There's a trigger. Maybe we had a car accident and that has changed our lives from that point of the accident. Or maybe from when we were very young, we had emotional trauma. Like for me, I lost my grandmother that I was really close to when I was 12. And I know that that changed me. That was one of those turning points. And so we all have turning points, whether they're inspirational turning points or when they're, or whether they're kind of like a roller coaster, we're getting to that dip where it was like, oh, that was emotional. That was heavy. And so functional medicine, I would say, is a thinking framework and it makes it easier for people to, practitioners especially, to apply these principles to think deeper. You mentioned the word deep. And I, I like that because there has to be depth. I think that medicine today is so it's skimming the surface because it's almost like that's all we have time for. But that great big body of water, which is us, the depth of who we are, one way to penetrate to kind of get into that space is through functional medicine, really and truly. And then the second question about spirituality and how did my reading Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Mace kind of dovetail into what I was hearing from Jeff Bland on the physical side. And I don't know how that all interfaced. You know, essentially, it all kind of came together for me by the late 90s. And I would say by 2000, I had this intuition. It's almost like I kind of heard this, this thing saying food and spirit. If I can join together the food aspects, the physical aspects, and then I can join together with the spiritual aspects. But what is spirituality? Because for me, I grew up in a very religious household. Is spirituality religion? Or is it something else? And to me, it became something else. Religion is, is definitely, you know, there's a label. Like a diet has a label. I'm vegan. I'm vegetarian. I'm paleo. I'm keto. That is a label. Religion has a label. I'm Catholic. I'm Jewish. I'm Hindu. I'm Muslim. You know, whatever we are, that's a label. Spirituality has no label. To me, it is the sense of connection with life, feeling like I'm as much you as you are me, and that there are some principles to religion that override the label. And to me, that's kind of what I'm, I'm looking at is what overrides the label, what connects us, what makes us feel invigorated, what gives us a sense of purpose and meaning. I mean, even within functional medicine, at the core of the matrix is the mental, emotional, spiritual, and spiritual is defined as a sense of purpose and meaning. And that's how I see it too. It's the sense of life force. And so what I did was I took seven colors and these seven systems are seen throughout ancient healing practices, whether it's in India, Tibet, China, you know, a number, there are different permutations, but essentially there are these seven systems that align to the seven endocrine glands. Carolyn Mace talked about them in terms of in the Catholic faith, the seven sacraments, or in the Kabbalistic tradition, the seven stages. There's something about this number seven. And so that felt right to me. And I started seeing that there were patterns in people that I was meeting, that there were physical patterns, psychological patterns, eating patterns. And so I started to weave it together into these seven systems of health, seven colors, seven physiological systems, seven core things of life, seven different ways to balance our lifestyle. And what are the foods to do that? So it's a very integrated system. And so that's what I've been writing about for the past, uh, goodness, let me think. I published my first book in 2009. So, you know, it's been some time. Came out with my first book where I had that assessment questionnaire where people could figure out where is their color imbalance based on that, what foods do you eat? I started with food because I felt more comfortable with food. That was my training, my background. But then as I experienced all these other modalities, I had another book later on, which was a hundred different 
conditions. And then I had seven different modalities for them. And one of them was nutrition. And we had emotions, thoughts, you know, I kind of went through each of the seven modalities. So I became very integrated in my thinking, but everything revolved around these seven colors, seven systems. Well, let me interrupt for a second because I'm, I'm following you, but I want to make sure we get the tag, the books. So your first book was titled what? That was called Chakra Foods. Chakra, C-H-A-K-R-A, Foods Mm -hmm. for Optimum Health. And then the Rainbow Diet book is your more recent one. Yeah, just launched that in uh, January 2018. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And and before that, uh, two years ago with uh, Harper One, I published a book called Whole Detox. You know, I did a lot of work with Jeff Bland on detox, and that's also what I teach for the Institute for Functional Medicine. And one of the things I realized is that there are so many nutritional detoxes out there and they're kind of extreme. And I wanted a more holistically rounded detox program. So I use color where every three days we focus on a different color. And so it's a 21 day program, seven colors, three days per color. And then we focus on red colored foods, then orange colored foods, yellow colored foods. We bring in other modalities and I just love it. I mean, it's just such a powerful program. This is the first year I I actually didn't offer it online. I've been offering it online for some years now. Well, that sounds so interesting. Pardon me for interrupting you, but when you say you offered it online, do you actually, did you do it as a webinar or did you have it in videos or how how did you actually have the online product? Yeah, good question. I like to be really interactive in my classes. And so what I did was people would sign up and then they're part of a a group on Facebook that's closed. And so we have a little bit of discussion and back and forth on things. And then I have webinars with me every week. And then um, now I've actually created a video component. So things have changed. I do have videos, one video for every day of the 21 days to get people going. So yeah, it's a a more visually artistic program now. And then there's a workbook. So what's the name of that program with the workbook? What is, what's the name of that program? Whole Detox. That's Whole it. Detox. Yeah. Basic. And people can get the book and just do it themselves. You know, there's a hardcover, there's a paperback now, but all of the tools, they're very practical in the back. So there are recipes, there are websites to go to. Everything is mapped out in terms of what do you do every day for the 21 days? That's fantastic. We'll have that available folks on the show notes. And uh, in fact, I just love the cover. I hadn't seen the cover before. I was like, pop that up on the show notes because that's a, uh, you know, and I actually, because folks, you don't know this, but we're on video together as we're talking here. I could see the book and I would see some of the endorsements on the back of it. She was looking at the front of it. I was looking at the back of it and Mark Hyman was there and David Perlmutter, the greats are right there talking about how useful it is. Mark Hyman's the chairman. Yeah. Mark Hyman uh, wrote the foreword for the book is, and Jeff Bland wrote a foreword. I wanted a scientific foreword and a medical foreword. So I asked Jeff and Mark if they would each write one and they did. So you may like it for that reason. Oh. <laughs> to bring, oh, bring two I, of the greats in. I think it's going to be so much fun because you really, what it sounds like is it sounds so utilitarian. It sounds like. (laughs) Well, that's the essence, you know, make the spiritual practical, make the practical spiritual. There's no sense uh, just philosophizing all the time. We have to make it actionable. And I think that some people get carried away with having to do too much. I think that's almost kind of the bane or the root of their pathology is that they've said yes to so much. And so I create a lot of flexibility in the program so people can do small things that have great impact whether it's five minutes a day of something or simply bringing in color. And maybe we can talk a little bit about color. Please, if we could, that'd be great. Well, let me ask you a question. Okay. (laughs) I'll turn the table. Dig dig right in. (laughs) 
<laughs> What's your favorite color? I'm a blue person and I like it a little bit if it's going in the teal direction. Mm, okay, but I, I nice. like, I'm a blue guy. There's no question about it. Yeah. And blue, at least in the seven color system that I work with is all about, well, you mentioned teal. So teal is about speaking one's truth. And when it becomes more indigo, it's about wisdom, speaking your truth about wisdom, which is what you do. You've got this podcast. And so <laughs> that fits right with who you are. <laughs> so true. Definitely. I mean, my whole website's that. I mean, the basic, the logo and the whole thing is blue. I don't have any teal in it because I thought it was a little too feminine. I want to look really masculine, you know. I want. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't it interesting how color is so much a part of marketing? It's so much a part of branding. It's so much a part of image and emotion. And so I think we underestimate the power of color. And if I can speak about nutrition and we just start there. Please. For so long, when I was studying nutrition, it was all about the macronutrients. It's all about how much fat, how much carb, how much protein are you getting every day? And there's kind of this tug of war in nutrition that goes back and forth. Low fat, high fat, high protein, low protein, paleo, keto. And I kind of feel like, wow, the missing link, we're overlooking the fact of color and pigments and phytonutrients that are in these whole foods that change cell signaling, that change gene expression, that create epigenetic tags and modifications that change who we are. And a lot of these things don't have calories. They have color in the food, but they don't have calories. And so that's why in the whole detox program, I do stress the adoption of eating a rainbow. It's so funny, after all these years of studying nutrition research and being into the biochemistry, I zoom out of all of that and I say, we need to eat a rainbow and we need variety. You know, to me, those are the two concepts that I believe from everything that I've seen on the experiential side and also the research side holds true. Because you and I can argue dairy. We can argue meat or no meat. We can argue pick anything. I can cherry pick studies and absolutely front load my argument against yours. And I could take whatever position you want me to take. So true, yeah. But when it comes to plants, when it comes to fruits and vegetables and spices and herbs and nuts and seeds, hands down, I don't think we can find much in the way of debunking the inclusion of plant foods for a healthy way of living. And so we need those colors. This happens all the time. We get into food ruts where we eat the same thing every day. And it's been shown, there was a survey done in 2009 that eight out of 10 Americans have a phytonutrient gap. So that means that 80% of people are not eating the rainbow, which means that they're missing a color that has a structural role in the body and that has a functional role in the body. I mean, these things are beyond antioxidants these days. We're learning so much more about phytonutrients thanks to researchers like Dr. James Joseph, like Dr. Bruce Ames, Dr. Liu. I mean, there's so many great, uh, incredible researchers in this area, Dr. David Heber at UCLA. And so what we really need to do is somehow tap into the red, but not just tomatoes or not just cherries and not just apples. We need a spectrum within the red. We need a spectrum within the orange. It's not just mm. carrots. Mm. There was a study that showed that, um, I'll just say this real quick because I found it so fascinating. When they looked, it, it was using, I believe, the nurse's health study. So that was a huge, that's like thousands of people. And yep. what they showed was that fruits and vegetables were really important for helping with reducing the risk for endometriosis, again, that inflammatory condition of the uterus, and showing that citrus fruits specifically seem to be more targeted to reducing endometriosis risk. And in the citrus fruits, it seemed like there was one phytonutrient that kind of stood out. It's called beta-cryptoxanthin, which is a carotenoid. 
it's an orange color carotenoid. So it's just kind of neat to have this connection with colorful foods making a difference. And I, I kind of feel like that's where we can all start. Like I can talk with my four-year-old niece about the rainbow, eating the rainbow. She knows that her auntie D <laughs> eats the rainbow. And when I come to visit, we're going to make a rainbow smoothie. I can also talk with my in-laws who are in their 90s about eating the rainbow. The rainbow is universal. It connects heaven and earth. It is the sign of hope. It is um, something that's actually more symbolic and profound. And so that's, that's really something that I always speak on. Well, now I don't want to put you on the spot, but you've definitely got my curiosity up. Okay. So there's probably something to do with the relationship. Forgive me for sounding too logical or whatever, but it's my association as I'm thinking about it is that there might be a sequence or some order. You didn't actually say that, but it sounds like you were kind of going there a couple of times. Like if you're going to do the rainbow, that a sequence, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but is there a sequence that you recommend in a detox protocol, for example? Do you start with red or do you start with green or how does all that work and how do they work together? If you could tell us a little bit about that, it'd be interesting. Yes, there is. there can be some linearity, but there can also be some personalized path. Not everybody has like the same journey into the colors. Yes. Okay. So so let me just quickly describe the colors and what they stand for. I'll do it very quick. Red stands for the immune system, red colored foods and protein. Orange represents the reproductive system, fats, oils, fluids in the body, and orange colored foods. Yellow represents digestion, yellow colored foods, carbohydrate. Green represents the cardiovascular system, leafy greens, and you know, a lot of those leafy greens contain a lot of good things for the heart. Aqua or that teal color you like connects to sea plants, connects to nutrients for the thyroid gland. The indigo color connects to the brain and things that modulate our mood and memory and thinking, learning, these types of things. And then white connects to clarity, purity, detoxification, non-physical, like almost clearing the slate of our physical. So when somebody takes the quiz and we've collected now thousands of people's results from taking the quiz, and I've actually looked at patterns and where, what the data say. And what I see is that 80% of people have some issue with the yellow and the yellow is the gut. The yellow is the stomach, the liver, the pancreas, the small intestine. It's the seat of rotting and ripening. It's where we burn things for energy. We start to break things down with enzymes, acid, and heat in order to assimilate them into us. And so here's where I focus on carbohydrate. Here's where I focus on fiber, sweeteners. Are we taking in too many sweeteners in order to replenish the energy that we've lost because we're constantly moving. We're trying to synthesize, process, but we're not just processing our food. We're processing life. We're trying to take it all in. We're trying to take in a lot of information and trying to integrate that and feeling like, oh my gosh, I've got too many things on my to-do list. How do I integrate that? So that's number one. And from there, how do you heal? There are um, in the whole detox book, as well as in the rainbow diet book, I have dedicated chapters on the colors. So if you did have an imbalance in yellow, you could go to the yellow chapter and say, okay, how am I going to heal my gut? What are the nutrition things I'm going to do? Food-based. What are the lifestyle things I'm going to try to do? What will help me to quell that kind of that frenzy that I feel that's creating a stir in my digestive tract? 
So that I would say it can be linear. Somebody can read these books from front to back and say, okay, I'm going to work on my red, then I'm going to go to my orange and then go to my yellow. But you don't have to do it that way. There's flexibility where you can just dive in and you can say, oh my gosh, my green is off. My heart is off. I need to focus on physical movement, oxygenation and circulation. I need more leafy greens. I'm not getting leafy greens in my diet. How did I miss that? I need to open up to more compassion, more love and and dedication and devotion. And so, yeah, it's broader than that. I do understand. Thank it. you so much. In fact, it's, it's, it's refreshing to think about it that way because really you kind of answered the question I was going at because I was trying to think what the rationality was. I was just trying to apply some, some reason to it that would make some sense. And what you said was, look, there's absolute reason, but you have to identify what the problem is so you can't cookie cut the thing. And if you don't have an, and in fact, that was the other question I was thinking of asking you talking about it was your quiz sounds like, or your questionnaire sounds like you're helping a person identify what that problem is. Then they can take it further by going into that resolution, but they first have to find out who they are, what they are, what's the imbalance, and then, and then take it down the path. You nailed it. You got exactly the, the path. You know, First, it, creating awareness as to what's going on, where do you need to focus? and focusing on that color. And when we focus on one system, it's amazing. It's almost like there's a ripple effect that happens. So when we fix our digestion, much like me growing up, if I would have fixed my digestion, I could have fixed my orange, which was the reproductive system. I could have fixed my red, which was my skin. Everything would have fallen in line. So oftentimes we just have to pick a path and be there fully rather than getting distracted and saying, okay, I've had enough of this book. Now I'm going to read this book, or I'm going to (laughs) jump onto this podcast. And then that, you know, you you take one thing and if you know it deeply, it's almost like that can be your path to healing. And it's not to say that there aren't times where you can jump from one mm-hmm. thing to the next and feel like that's what you need. That could be the very thing you need. But you integrate it, it becomes part of you. And that's the yeah. issue instead of, instead of dabbling. You know, let's take a moment as we close because I'm looking at the time and I want to make sure we do say something. I think one of the things that you folks as listeners don't have a chance to appreciate, unfortunately, is how much fun it is talking to Yana on a personal level You know, because she's right here in the video for me. And I know she has a program that's coming up. So let's have her tell us a little bit about that because we were talking even before we started about the value of uh, the interpersonal relationship in the healing process. You know, Chuck, just like you, um, I've been doing a lot of online stuff over the years and have cultivated an online presence and programs and things like that. And one of my favorite things to do in order to balance all of that online activity being in the virtual world is to also do some in-person events. And so every year I offer a retreat, an in-person retreat with folks. And it's just three days. It's on a Friday. It goes through Sunday after lunch. And this year we're going to do it on the orange and then the yellow colors. So we're going to focus on creativity and stress. And how do we help people that are very stressed, have a lot of digestive issues, really kind of connect in with that sense of play, creativity. So um, the retreat will be in Washington State, where I live. It'll be at the Harmony Hill Retreat Center. And if people are interested in, in being a part of that, it's actually Labor Day weekend. So people who follow kind of a, a set schedule with holidays, you'll have an extra day for that travel piece. Great. So if you're interested, you can contact us through the website, deannaminick.com. Remember the D- spelling, folks. Yeah. M-I-N-I-C-H, please. 
So that's the way to get it. And Deanna's easy. I mean, but, you know, you want to make sure you well, you never. It. Some people, it's amazing how my name is said in all different ways. You and I were talking about that. I remember when I was little, my dad would call me Deanna Banana. And then people <laughs> remember, and I was like, oh, wow. See, I'm destined to be in food and nutrition. But yeah, Deanna's D-E-A-N-N-A. So, uh, well, that's funny. I, I really appreciate you coming on board. It's been very interesting. My curiosity is definitely up. There's no question about it. I mean, these are the things that, I don't ordinarily have a chance to read, think about it all, but it's when you bring it together like this, it makes it an opportunity that I really do appreciate. And I know many of our listeners are going to be there and, and uh, really be with you on this thing because whether they re- get the book or whether they actually have an opportunity to work with you personally, it'd be a privilege to work with you personally. It'd be a lot of fun. Oh, that's very kind. That's very kind. Yeah, there's something about the dynamic of coming together in a small group and having that experience. You never forget. Once you've experienced it, it's like you can never That's undo true. that. You know, it's part of our epigenetic modification. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Hey, Jeffrey Bland word right there. <laughs> That's right. In honor of Jeff. Yeah. Well, Deanna, thank you so much for coming on board. I really appreciate it. I look forward to having you back again sometime. And you pick the topic because it's so entertaining and interesting to talk to you. Oh, um, that would be a delight. Thank you so much for that invite. And thank you for your excellent questions. You know, you really hone in on the things that make people think. Well, you're very kind. I, I appreciate it. It's fun for me because, you know, in front of everybody, there's an opportunity for learning. And goodness knows if I'm learning, then other people are going to be learning. So why not really dig into it a little bit and see what's going on? So thank you very much. You're very sweet. Thanks for listening to Cobrain Journal. We're working every day behind the scenes to bring you reports that connect research benches with those street trenches. Here we share the complexity of mind science because as you know, details really do matter. One of the most pervasive misunderstood challenges is how commonplace medications like those written for ADHD are used so regularly without clear guidelines. If you think you'd like more specifics, take a minute to download my two-page PDF packed with video links and references on the absolute essentials of how to start ADHD medications. They're easily available at corebrainjournal.com forward slash start. Thanks for listening. Do connect and stay tuned. Together we can make a difference.